Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. Hey folks, CJ Grimm here from Poking Dead Things. It's a hard job doing what we do, and it can get kind of gross. We know that you work hard too, so I'm here to tell you that at the end of a hard day, nothing beats a hot bath and a cold beer. So treat yourself right, head to Twisted Willow Soap Company, and indulge in a bath bomb with your favorite six-pack. Remember, the only girly thing about a bath bomb are the sounds you're going to make in excitement. Twisted Willow Soap Company. Body. Mind. Soul. The idea that we sacrifice our innate wisdom at the feet of our guides is really no different from the rigid religious doctrines that talked us out of our childhood spiritual knowing. Welcome to Spirit Guides and Familiars, the 91st episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of animist and author S. Kelly Harrell. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meet. My name is Gwyn Ode's mother. Housekeeping. I have a bit of good news. Uh-huh. Okay. We are over 500,000 total downloads. Wow. Which, holy crap, wow. that's half that's a million. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, amazing. I, I somehow totally missed that <laughs> milestone happening. And... and- did we get a little, we, a little we badge? A, we got a little badge. We got a badge! <laughs> so our, our podcast host on the back end provides little badges when we reach certain threshold for downloads. So we have a new one. Uh, we haven't had a new one since, I think, 250,000, so I'm very excited. Right, yep. And no, we got a two-year one. Oh, okay. Okay, how many from Mississippi? <laughs> <laughs> question, yeah. That is the question. And thanks to our listeners yes. for, for yep. continuing to support us here with us. Listen yep. and Are you all ready for patrons? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let it's me. first of the month. So everyone's name gets read, and as you know from last episode, it's going to be a mess. On purpose. <laughs> All right, so first we have 23 chickens. Yeah, chickens. I didn't think you were going to go there. <laughs> we love you, chickens. <laughs> Our cats are Umber Diathetha. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> B. Heave Kuvan Blundi. <laughs> It's going to take forever to get through these. I don't think you could do it. Just go. Just go. Just go. Cheryl McGuire. Christopher Dolby. He's doing your accent now. Oh, God. Christ. Why, Claxton? I'm going to have to leave the room. I'm going to go get some music. Dahil Hadni Alika Durka Talasaviri Anil Kruger I said that one correctly just with an accent Gari Beer Stormy Jasmine Rebel Connie Briggs Lorchalai Mehagen Mehagen Sukalo Michelle Kokolek Burkett Rebecca Hillman <laughs> said it correctly just with a really bad accent. What the hell accent are you I have no fucking idea. Try to take the accent out of it and oh just my, be. Just do it, because I can't, I can't even. Oh my god. Alright, brief pause while oh, we all over me. Brief pause. Okay. We're not even through the cat track. Keep going. Shukorka, Tahini, Alink, Vivan, Armstrong. Before he has asked the demon, are you summoning? <laughs> Seek out Mus. Our hunters are. I love whoever the fuck I <laughs> love. In the pet. In the. Wait, you took cats. 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 Oh my god. Poor cats. <laughs> Our hunters are. For a long, a long haul with the hunters. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that for the hunters. We'll never be done. Alice of uh, Addy. Ahami, Mahin, Brahir, all three goodness. Well, fuck it, I don't know. <laughs> Brittany, Harles, Cowison. Is that big Latin? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Melkor in the void says, we love a man of dedication. 
Dalai Dar Da Havid Dashin Kik Ilf Vart Himili Bailey Ahimili Hall Ahimili Miller You have a lot of Himilis Three Ahimilis in a row A lot of Himilis there Er Ika Mede Falkima Hudson Finn Odinson Yehema Kanakinson, Johoffrey Beheregard, Henry Odenhaus, Hames Two or Four Snicks, Shahani Jax, Jesse Merhelm Hen, Hesaka Glassbrook. That was just noise. Hesaka Horns. Juniper Jaro Heat. It's not even consistent. Some of the J's are Hoos and some of the J's are J's. Fuck you, you try to read these and mispronounce all of them. A.T. Goldenmote. If you're not German, I'm sorry. D.K. Guzman, Kimberly, Lockerbie, Chat Kitty, 74, Lordine. Rabbit says you're wavering between Irish and German. <laughs> and QQ says, I'm coughing so much from laughing, the neighbors are going to think I have the rug. <laughs> oh, I'm only in the L's. <laughs> and I just want to say, Finn said, think I got the biggest fuck you, Finn, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Rennau Fulfeth, Erloon Leafolk, Kinsma Yearboy, Issa Malie Nervar, Edith Murr, Tunkin, Shami Dalinmag, Dana Fodrach, Dimas Nico Bitstib. I'm just switching to the second half of the, I'm switching the second half of Wools Kirch, Blopa Dorfa. Man, some of these would be good names for like a fantasy novel. Ar Throtlath, Naran. Tio says, I picked a hell of a time to join the call. And Malcolm says, hypothetically, what is the counter curse to this? <laughs> Rasa Kinson Park. Rasa Pedley. Enthsar Sun Odin. Kisusel. Nanshandar Narbed. He's getting a rhythm now, at least. Lishi <laughs> Andb. Kensi Nerf. Ensunshi. Hanistuf Wordzed. Evist Psuntum. Ixku. Maratha Fairpoy. The Great Pie of the Garsu Pime Tisa. Chi Asaur. Oriavik Nessel. Minasi Koroko. Kariu Narilu. Korizak Walcorn. Thank God that's the hunters. Oh, now, now I will say, I think you switching the syllables around is cheating. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Those are our leopards. Nekoaka, Stankris, Gasville, Rischi, Librico. Now that one sounds like a wrestler. Lanel, <laughs> Ilv, Shil, Fox, We're into the tigers We're now. into tigers. Aaron Ard, Mitsum, Stalkry, Timpo. I could just say that one right. Crystal Potenin, which I never say correctly, so there we go. You could do it like you originally did. Crystal Potin, I think. Potin. Nile Berglatz. Or El Vidri. Shami Tzlu. Ixen Ling Lei Falf. Zardwi Tree Tiekri. Panthers starting. Inku Nia. Jaguars. Andama Ix. Tinjus Najsta Elk Erp. <laughs> that sounded like a rude noise. <laughs> Stenker Air Ilba L- Loyal Wiki. Rabbit says, let this be a lesson to you. Never agree to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then the our lion is Sted Twee Lewil Oso Panicum. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, oh holy shit! That uh, was and, hard. And special thanks to Rabbit for 
thanks. Oh, and special thanks to Stenker Haria Zach. Oh, okay, that's done. We got a new patron. Oh, okay. Read your oh. name badly. Lan Kel CK. Uh, after the initial <laughs> breakdown, I, I was mostly okay. <laughs> we got some bravo. Uh-huh. Of <laughs> proud of your mental Olympics. <laughs> Emporia oh. says at least he kept his oath. <laughs> That's true. Take a bow. You earned and it Finn from Rashala. And fuck you, car. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly oh, says, well, no need for an ab workout today. FMPH says, why, though? Because uh, we mentioned it, it offhand episode. last episode, and the Discord said, yes, do that. Yep. Yep. So here we are. Thank, thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. We for, love you, obviously. Thank you for challenging Carr to this nonsense. <laughs> Maybe for the 100th episode, we'll have you do the auctioneer voice or something. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do we have any any further housekeeping? No, because we're not doing anything. We're all social distancing. We're all social distancing. We are, except that on Sundays you are doing the two oh, o'clock. Oh, yeah, two o'clock Sundays. We are doing Hangout on Zoom uh, every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. Eastern Standard Time. Gwen is doing a... Short meditation. Short meditation. Goodness, that's Thank you. easy in a time of social distancing. Yes. Thank you all for uh, those of you who joined us for the movie. Yeah, yes. um, that was so much fun. It was oh so God. much fun. We have put together, Ode's putting together a uh, list for you all to vote on yep, as to which a, movies um, you'd like to see in the future. It's going to be a Google form, so that'll be linked in the Discord and the Facebook and all yep. the places we do things. But yeah, there you go. That's it. Those are the announcements. That's all of them. Okay. Oh, thank so that's, that's it for housekeeping. We are housekept. We, we may are. now proceed to the episode. We may be house swept at this point. <laughs> Holy him, shit. Him. I'm tired just from laughing. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, okay, where's my pendulum? We need to, like, <laughs> raise some energy Raise some energy in here. Good grief. Phew. All right. I didn't go. raise enough energy for you? <laughs> Come on. We expended it all by laughing. That's right. That's right. Uh, so we're, we're talking about spirit guides and familiars today. That's right. Why don't we start with spirit guides and offer what a, a definition of what a spirit guide is? Traditionally, or I guess the modern tradition, is that a spirit guide is a disincarnate guiding spirit. Mm-hmm. So it is any spirit that does not have a physical body. Sometimes it's spirits that have had physical bodies in the past. Sometimes it's spirits that have never had physical bodies. Mm-hmm. But either way, the idea is that a spirit guide is a, a non-corporeal entity that, for reasons of its own, <laughs> chooses to guide and protect a particular human being. Well, it depends on what tradition or what yeah, philosophy. Yeah, there's a lot of variation. A lot of variation on this because it really is a new age concept that well, has really kind of been adopted, I think. Yeah, so it started, as far as I can tell, the modern concept of a spirit guide because, of course, there have been relationships sure. with spirits throughout history. Which we'll talk about. Right. But the, the modern concept of a spirit guide. Right. Specifically as we understand as it modernly. Yeah. Um, originates in spiritualism mm-hmm. in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. There were dissenting opinions even then. So how spiritualists worked was that the medium had a relationship with certain spirits who were called controls. And a control was a spirit who could possess the medium mm-hmm. and relay information through them right. and bring information to them from other places. Right. And at some point in the early 19th century... The concept of spirit guides as beings who were permanently attached to you in some way and whose mm-hmm. sole purpose was guiding the medium right. came into prominence. And this caused actually a lot of quarreling in the spiritualist community. I know. There was one. Um, I can't remember his name, but there was one really influential spiritualist. Uh, E.W. Willis? I think you're right. Yeah. Yep. Who was very much against the concept of spirit guides. Mm-hmm. He felt like it. It devalued both people. Exactly. Yeah, Not to mention, a lot of the spiritualists had Native American spirit guides. Yeah, we want to talk about this. Yeah. First, though, I do want to go back and say that, you know, depending on which philosophy of thought, there are some people who believe that you are born with a spirit guide, mm-hmm. and there are, there are others who believe that you are assigned a spirit guide, or yeah, that they just... At birth? Yeah. Or, or that you choose... Or at, like, before birth, before, like, at the time you incarnate. And some oh, okay. people believe that you choose your spirit guides. Mm-hmm. Some people believe they're appointed by a higher power. Now, a lot of this 
stuff relies on you believing in reincarnation, obviously. Yes. Or uh, some kind of a, a overarching deity who, like God, yeah, who, and appoint you know, the great spirit, spirit yeah. or whatever, who would appoint guardian or a guide for you. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of schools of thought, and it's kind of a mixed About bag. What, const- what even constitutes a spirit guide? Exactly. Like what counts as a spirit guide? Exactly. Mackenzie says, I've always heard that spirit guides can't be people directly connected with you. Do you think that this guide can be someone you knew in this life or a past life if you believe that? Actually, that is one of the schools of thought is that a spirit guide can be an ancestor Mm -hmm. who you've never met but is in your family line. It can be a a grandparent Mm -hmm. or someone, a friend, a close family friend or someone who was close to you who died and then is choosing to be a guide to you. Mm -hmm. And in fact, a friend of mine who's a a very talented medium, she had for a long time, her grandmother was one of her main spirit guides. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. It just depends on your school and, of thought and, and where you're coming exactly. from. Exactly. And some schools of thought are that spirit guides are temporary and will come in and out of your life. Mm-hmm. Some schools of thought are that you have like a permanent, quote, spirit team. Mm-hmm. There are some who think you only have one. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, there's a there's a team. So, yeah, it just, I, I guess it depends on uh, who you are and what you choose to believe or the experience that you have if you are opening yourself up to a spirit guide or being introduced to spirit guides. Now, something that's always confused and frustrated me personally is that I don't see a lot of distinguishing characteristics between a spirit guide Mm -hmm. and any other spirit you just have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it comes down to what is the purpose of a spirit guide. And again, it comes down to school of thought Mm -hmm. because a lot of people We'll say that a a spirit guide is someone who guides you through life and guards you, make sure you have the right opportunities that you're meant to take on your path, you know, helps you through challenges, things like that. Now, to me, that sounds like it's a logical outgrowth of the guardian angel concept. And I think you're correct. I think, honestly, I think that's because spiritualism Mm -hmm. actually has a lot of Christian overtone and borrows a lot from Christianity. They just take God out of it. Yeah, spiritualism wasn't so much a religion as a practice. It was like witchcraft in that. Right. It was a movement. It became a religion. Sometimes. Um, It depends on where you're at. But there's like, there are spiritualist churches Mm -hmm. and they have bylaws. And I went to a spiritualist church for a time with a friend of mine years ago. But the original sort of birth of spiritualism was more as a movement akin to witchcraft than as a religion. Spirit guides, depending on who you're talking Mm -hmm. to, it's a, a, a spirit that guides you and guards or protects you throughout your life. And, and, some people and it's will, not just ancestors. And stuff. It can be aliens. People will a lot of times put angels in that category. They'll put angels. And they do put animals. Animals can be animal a spirit, a spirit yep. guide for you. Although there's, there tends to be some there's uncomfortable some overlap. overlap with totems. Exactly. Which should which not is, be used that way. Which I and, discussed before. And I think we should go back to yeah. that discussion of how many spiritualists. I mean, it was like a thing. Like we met and they shared, I think, it, I think his name was White Hawk or something. And a lot of so, spiritualists shared him so, as a guy. So white <laughs> spiritualist churches had White Hawk. Yes. And black spiritualist churches had Black Hawk. There we go. So, and if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, I don't know what to tell you. Well, I, I, but, I but feel like yeah, there's, there's, some, a there was some problems there was a long tradition There was a long tradition in spiritualism and that continue today. Yes. With modern people who have spirit guides and who claim to have, like, permanent spirit guides and mentors, of it being sort of the noble savage, right. a Native American, usually stereotype. No, very. And claiming that this is, like, a, a Native American shaman who's come to them and... Can I be honest with you? I Years ago, when I went to this spiritualist, spiritualist church, church with this friend, I pay... And you do have to pay for a reading at the service. You don't... Mm. It's not just part of the service. You do have to pay the medium. Right. So I paid to have a reading done by one of the mediums there right before the service. And it was a Native American. I don't know if it was White Hawk or whoever it was, but it was a Native American guide, which is, again, still very common, even to this day. Yeah. You see this, too, with some of the, quote, ascended masters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that's another spirit guide. Yeah, another spirit guide category, I guess, is an Mm -hmm. ascended master, which is supposed to be like a guru or an important spiritual teacher who's died and moved on and chosen not to reincarnate in order to guide new people. I have a list here, and it includes Krishna, Jesus, Confucius, uh-huh. Kathumi, 
Melchizedek marry the mother of Jesus. Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Yeah. Could have been me. Could have been you. Baba G. Yeah. And I think there's, so I don't want to say necessarily that these are not authentic spiritual experiences because I haven't had one. So Mm -hmm. I can't like, I can't say. Right. But it troubles me that there is a tendency to exoticize. Yes. The spirit guide as someone from outside of a culture you're familiar with and about which you know nothing, usually. Mm -hmm. Frequently, these exoticized spirit guides, as far as I can tell, bear no resemblance to real individuals or they are essentially stereotypes, like this person's imaginary conception of a Native American. Right. I I would think that that's probably accurate. So then how do you handle, so spirit guides come to you. Mm-hmm. you know? Sometimes. Right. So, I mean, but you've had multiple. Yep. Mm-hmm. And most of them have come to you. Right. You haven't really gone sought looking them out. for your spirit guides. I went looking for spirit guides once, and that's when I met Brother Marcus. Right. Okay. But, but you've had some that were not what we would call Americans. True. So how do you know the difference between that and your made-up version of something? It's discernment, right? Yeah, it's discernment. It, it all comes down. And Jay Shivey makes a good, uh, has a good comment here. I have a dear friend who kept having weird dreams that were very Native American culture-esque. Turns out her mom lied to her about her father and her real dad was Native American. So listen to that voice, but be discerning. Yeah. And Melkor in the Void follows up with, becomes more of an accessory than an actual guide, sock puppet test. And I think that's what it does come down to. My spirit guides, honestly, the only one that I have really ever identified Mm -hmm. is Brother Marcus. Yeah. The others were just kind of nebulous, and especially you. More abstract spirits. And I know that's a weird name for a spirit guide, but it is is. just (laughs) you. But she is one, and I don't even know if she's a she. That's just how she's presenting to me, Mm -hmm. but she is a being that has never existed on this plane as far as I know. Mm -hmm. She's never let me know much about her. Mm -hmm. Brother Marcus and I sat down and have a chat. Mm -hmm. You know, I I found out a lot about him. And honestly, and one of my, because I was a Christian witch at the time, one of my guardians was the Archangel Michael. Mm-hmm. Well, that happens a lot too. People get you Gabriel, see a lot Michael, of the archangels, Raphael. Yes. And this, this leads me to the question of whether the archangels are just very busy, mm-hmm. or whether they're sock puppets or mental constructs. I think it could be a little bit of all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's probably a combination. I think it's a combination. I'm not because somebody else in the group. This is during my days when I was uh, ghost hunting, mm-hmm. and uh, someone else in the group also had Michael as mm-hmm. a spirit guide. So I, I think How did that, that work out. She was a little unhappy that that because we were both mediums, uh-huh. and she was not happy to hear that he worked with me. <laughs> A little jealousy going on. Jealous of her guides. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. It lots, was very that's strange weird experience. because lots of people do claim the Archangel Michael as a spirit guide. Yes, that's true. And I, I would I would put it down to also assuming it is truly the Archangel Michael and not right. just a construct, not just Or another spirit just using that name. Using that name. But we also have to understand angels are spiritual beings. We don't know what the scope and range of their, of their power is, except maybe he does have a half a billion souls that he guides because he has that ability and power. At that time, he was a protector for me. He left when I no longer needed him. Right. Melkor in the Void says, like how Odin works with multiple people, I would imagine the angels do as well. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not saying that it, like, that it seems implausible to me necessarily that the Archangel Michael is working with a lot of people. Just that sometimes the way people represent these mm-hmm. familiar archetypes and these familiar spirit guides mm-hmm. are not consistent. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's because people are accessing different aspects of them or if that's because people are not always accessing the spirit they think they are. And yes. this is the, the same thing you see happening with gods. And Rabbit does make a good point that I don't believe angels really care about humans. The Old Testament describes them as servants of God, not man. But again, that comes down to, do you take that as an authoritative so, text? usually when you go looking for information about spirit guides, right. you will see it stated at least one place, frequently multiple places, mm-hmm. on one page, that Spirit guides are always helpful and honest. Mm-hmm. It's coming down to that elementals thing. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's another, this is again a thing where just like, 
I mean, and rather, those are probably the only ones you want to establish permanent relationships with. True. But I don't, I I have doubts that that's true just in general. Mm-hmm. Melkor on the Void says helpful and honest does not always coincide. That's also true. True. But you do see a lot of people talking about spirit guides as being purely positive experiences. Mm-hmm. Has that been your experience? Because I think you did say at, at one point that your guides pushed you too far. They did. Further and- than you were prepared to go. Yes, and Brother Marcus and I had a had a conversation about that when I returned to witchcraft because when I first started working with spirit guides, I opened up myself to Brother Marcus and then he brought in four other guides to work with me and they all had a I don't even remember their names anymore. Uh-huh. They all had specific tasks and helped me with different things. But they did push me past what I was able to handle at that time as far as spiritual contact as a medium. Mm-hmm. It got to the point where I was being physically interacted, interacted with. with by many, many spirits, morning, noon, and night, mm-hmm. with very little relief. And that's part of the reason why I gave all that up mm-hmm. for a period of time and went back to Christianity was like, I thought it was demons. Mm-hmm. When I came back to witchcraft, I didn't want to work with my spirit guides for a long time or deities. But then during a meditation time I had a few years ago, brother Marcus came to me. Mm -hmm. He sat down. He said, let's talk. (laughs) And he basically apologized and said that he allowed too many guides for me at that time. I wasn't prepared Mm -hmm. for what he was attempting to teach me. They pushed too far. Mm-hmm. And so now I literally have only worked with bro- Brother Marcus and, and you. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rabbit says, if they don't want anything in return, I don't trust that. Nothing helps without any motive. It'll try to trick you. This is another thing that is, that's always tripped me up about spirit guides is the concept that they don't want anything in exchange. Like what they get out of this interaction is helping you all the time. Mm-hmm. And... I can appreciate altruism as a motive, but that feels naive to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's your experience been with that? Well, and I do think that was part of the the problem. I do think they were wanting something in exchange from me at the time that I just wasn't understanding. Part of it was, I think, working with them in a more open manner doing readings and things like that, acknowledging who they were. There's, I, I, I honestly still don't know because I still have kind of a, you got a gate, shield. a gate. Yeah. yeah. Brother Marcus and you and I have kind of a very defined relationship now. Mm-hmm. I work more you with established my, boundaries. I established boundaries, just like Devin Hunter says uh-huh. in the witch's book of spirits. <laughs> and so I now have an understanding mm-hmm. of what, their role is in my life. Is it a spirit always has an agenda? Is it always a a contract that you have to fulfill with them? I don't necessarily, that has not been my experience. Mm-hmm. Now, working with deity, yes. <laughs> working with Hakati and with Brigid and now Frigga, yes, they do have requirements. There is a quid pro quo, if you will, in our relationship. That is not something that I've had yet with my spirit guides. And part of it is because I'm focusing more on my deities, I don't work with my spirit guides as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. It's time for reviews. Yes. We're going to be talking about the new line at Wonderful Body Co. Yes. That's right. There's a new line of three products. Scents, I guess. Yes. Because they kind of come in multiple products. Right, yep. A new line of three scents at Wonderful Body Co. based on us, on Three Pagans and Cat. That's right. So there's a Druid's Path, a Witch's Path, and a Healing's Path. Yep. yep. Absolutely. And I absolutely love the witch's path. And did anybody bring theirs in so we could say what the scent was? No, I did no. not. No. But neither. they're very, very good is what I, I can't say. The thing I love about the witch's path scent, and I have, she sent us the bath salt mm-hmm. and um, the rollerball. Yep. Rollerball fragrance. Fragrance. Yep. I absolutely love the witch's path because while it is sweet and earthy because there's lavender and I believe it's, pronounced oud. It's a tree. It's a kind of tree. So it's sweet yet earthy without being flowery. And yep. I have been wearing it since we got it the other day and I absolutely love it. It's okay. my it's my new favorite fragrance. Yeah. Which is path. You're gonna want it, which is I'm just saying. Lady Hestia asks, does oud smell like a bibliography? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Witch's path includes lavender, oud. oud, oud. And then also has some other little fragrances in there. A proprietary fragrance. Yes, a proprietary blend of fragrances. And then Heathen's Path has bergamot, eucalyptus, thyme, 
amber, cedarwood, musk, and palo santo. And it's it is good. Lovely. It's very sweet and warm and mm-hmm. spectacular. And then Druid's Bath has bay leaf, citrus, tobacco, and woods. And it's nice and spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, and not overly flowery, which yeah, would have which completely turned me yeah. off. But it, again, has that earthy sense to it. So yep. Amanda really yeah, nailed, nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Knocked great. it out of the park with these scents. Very much got that earthy scent going. Ben says, well, we'll be ordering the Heathen Path very soon. I do yep. recommend it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. For those who want the Witch's Path, you're going to love it. Seriously, I I absolutely love it. Can get that on wonderfulbodyco.com or the Etsy shop. Yep. Which is etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash wonderfulbodyco. And so obviously we give huge props yep. and thanks. Yep. To Amanda at Wonderful Body Co. for sending us those samples. We recommend, highly recommend. Yes, so you definitely need to pick some of these up. They're really, really good. I've yeah. enjoyed the snot out of mine. So yep, we recommend them. I've actually worn it every day since we got it on I with the know. Roller Raw fragrance, which and is freaking amazing. Car doesn't wear scent. Scent. He does not know. So I've only is- ever worn one other scent ever in my life, and it was Lagerfeld. Yep. <laughs> so and that was did- back in college. So you did a wonderful job there, Wonderful Body Co., Three pack thirty is the coupon code. That is the number three P A A C three zero. Yep, and that's I believe thirty percent off. Believe so. Yep. On your order. Yep. So, so there you definitely go. time to take advantage of that. Yep. That's it for reviews. Sometimes he just <laughs> likes to see how long he. Can. I know. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, after his, having let's to mispronounce choir kid lungs. <laughs> After having to, uh, you know, read everybody's name incorrectly, I needed to do something to somewhat redeem myself. <laughs> no, I think they were pretty damn happy with what you did. <laughs> At least in the Discord. So where were we? We were talking spirit guides. We were talking spirit guides, yeah. We were talking about the fact that they're maybe not always universally helpful. I believe Lady Hestia made the point that always is a dangerous word. Yes, and I, I agree with that. Although saying they're not always helpful isn't a dangerous way to say always. Correct? No. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Just I, making I sure. <laughs> that was an honest question, not, a, you no, know, being a dick. No, no. Generally, if you include the not in there, you're, yes. you're, <laughs> you're defanging the always. And I do think it's important to say, especially since it, there was a, a question about it within the spiritualist community at the, t- at the time that this concept was growing. Exactly. Yeah. Is that you don't have to have a spirit guide just because it's popular. Yeah. You know, or you, a lot of people you know have spirit guides or you're a medium and you think you should have spirit guides. Uh-huh. No, you don't have to have a spirit guide. In fact, as I said, the, the one, uh, gentleman who was a very successful and influential in the spiritualist movement, he said, it is actually demeaning to your own skill and ability. And to the spirits you work with. And to, to the, the spirits you worked with. Exactly. So his stance basically was that the spirit controls you worked with had their own things going exactly. on. They they worked with you for specific purposes. Mm-hmm. They had specific things they wanted you to accomplish. And when those things were done, they either they would stay with you to help you because the, you you were friends with them, mm-hmm. or they would move on to do other things and you would acquire other controls. He felt like having a spirit guide in the modern sense right. was demeaning because it implied ownership of that spirit. And I feel like that is what I've moved into with Brother Marcus and you, is more of a friendship and a working partnership and not this expectation that I had because I was reading spiritualist books Uh when I learned how to contact spirit guides. Yeah, I would always have a problem with the ownership part of it. Anything that implies that the spirit belongs to you is questionable. Right, Mm because I think that I would say, and I don't know because I don't have any spirit guides, but I would say, Brother Marcus, you are probably not his only priority. Oh, no. And so... You know, because of that kind of thing, I don't think you can quote unquote claim ownership. Mm-hmm. Which makes, which is why the instances like that other medium you worked with who got like jealous that the Archangel Michael mm-hmm. was also working with you is so hinky to me. Like yeah. just, it, there was a, yeah, exactly. There's and, a possessiveness to it exactly. that doesn't feel right. Well, I think people feel that way just because they want to believe that that person's only working with yeah. them. That they're mm-hmm. special. Right. Yeah. Well, and you have examples like, you know, you have different levels of communication with spirit guides. Uh-huh. And like, for instance, you have people like Jay-Z Knight, 
who was a trans medium Mm -hmm. who had one spirit guide that she worked with and gave messages to people and she because she was a channeler. She was oh, I, I, that was I'm, her that was her function. Right. And this, I'm fine with that. I just thought she were talking about Jay Z for a minute, so yeah. I got very confused. She I um, also had a moment of confusion, yes. <laughs> okay, good. And um, I may have her name wrong. I'll have to look it up. But her I think Ramtha was was who know. she worked with, some kind of a spirit from mm-hmm. another realm. Right. I don't know. I, I think that she had ownership like of that spirit. Like that spirit only worked with her. Or Sylvia Brown. There was only one spirit that worked with her. I forget what her name was. Well, I, I could believe you only have one spirit work with you, with you, but I don't think the spirit is limited to just you. That's Yeah, that seems unlikely to me. Their relationship to reality is so different from ours. Well, and right. that's why I and think... time and space is so different. <laughs> I know that you works with other people. Mm-hmm. You And probably in, in manifest to other people in a different way. Because yeah. how she interacts with me is very specific mm-hmm. to what works to with your me relationship. and to our relationship. I know that she works with other people and probably in a different form, different name. Who knows? Evil Herbivore asks, are spirit guides inspired by Socrates' conception of his personal daemon that warned him against doing certain things? So that's an interesting question. Demon was a concept in in Greek life. There were household demons that were protectors of your family. And Socrates decides the personal demon who protected the individual. The way he describes it is essentially like a conscience, mm-hmm. but like a supernatural conscience. There are a like lot a, of people like a, who still have that. Yeah, who like, a, like a Jiminy Cricket. That the spirit guide is actually your higher self or your conscience. Yeah. Or... Interesting. It's hard to say. The, the trouble with figuring out where the early spiritualist movement acquired the concept of modern spirit guides is that we don't. No. Yeah. Like we don't have any evidence. Like, the people who were complaining about it in the early spiritualist mm-hmm. movement couldn't figure out where it came from either. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it just sort of spread. Like, so probably someone wrote a book. Yeah. Which had this premise in it. Or had an experience. Uh-huh. And that they wrote about. That they wrote And that about. became widespread. But mm-hmm. it's like they didn't... It's not clear where that concept came from. There's one more thing I want to cover, which okay. uh, Melkor in the Void actually just brought up. So it could vaguely be like the Norse concept of family luck, something that is curated and passed down. So the closest thing in at least our modern understanding of Norse systems to a spirit guide is a hummingja. Mm-hmm. And a hummingja is that family luck creature or spirit or essence or power, mm-hmm. <laughs> hard to describe. But the hummingja is, it's the accumulation of your family's luck. It is... Sometimes attached to a whole family, sometimes attached to individuals inside the family, maybe attached to individuals, multiple individuals at one time. Finn points out, yes, luck in the Norse tradition is not, is not really separated into good or bad luck. Your luck is your luck. Right. It's the accumulation of all your, your actions and fates combined. Right. right. Both simultaneously and right. sort of the balance of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Behaving rightly increases your luck. Behaving unrightly decreases your luck. And does this compilation so, of so, luck yeah, so the become, hum- get a consciousness? Essentially, yeah. The hummingja is sometimes presented in the sagas and in folklore as appearing as a spirit, mm-hmm. usually as a female spirit, mm-hmm. who follows especially heroes, obviously, because mm-hmm. the sagas are mostly about heroes, but who follows a either a family or a specific individual within that family and, and who is the accumulation of all your ancestors' luck and your luck combined. And her role mm-hmm. is to guide you towards improvements of your luck. Okay. The Hamingja A does not appear to everyone, so it's not clear if everyone has... A hummingja, mm-hmm. as opposed to generally just ha- everyone has luck. Right. But it's not clear that every person's luck manifests as a hummingja. Right. And the hummingja, even if she exists, doesn't interact with the individual in a way that's typically corollary to a spirit guide. Mm-hmm. She's usually much more abstract. She might appear in flashes or in, in very brief moments to ward you away from something Mm -hmm. or to guide you towards something, but she rarely delivers specific information. Mm -hmm. And because the Hamingja is 
essentially a personification of a more abstract concept. Mm-hmm. She's not typically human-like in her interaction with humans. Can you? Would you compare it to like a servitor or egregore? No. So a servitor and an egregore is something that you consciously create. Right. Or unconsciously create. A, a servitor and egregore is something that's the product of your mind and intentions. Right. Hamingja exists outside of you. She is born from Just, your family's gotcha. luck and yours. Mm-hmm. She's an individual spirit, mm-hmm. not born from you, but born attached to you. Got it. If that makes sense. Yep. What if the greatest tabletop hero you ever play turns out to be yourself? In Vector, Attack of the Meta Pirates, move beyond imagination as Captain Vector and his Meta Pirates do battle from game world to world, following players from setting to setting in an attempt to enter the real world. Will you help Captain Vector in his Pinocchio-like quest to enter the real world, or stop him from becoming a living nightmare? Only you can decide. Vector, Attack of the Meta Pirates, can be purchased on drivethroughrpg.com on a pay-what-you-want basis. Melkor in the Void makes the comment that is my comment, which is, punch a hole in reality. Be pirates. Do crimes. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Vector must win. Uh-huh. And I know you guys played. Yes, we played, yeah, we did. We played a one-shot of uh, Vector Attack of the Meta Pirates. Yep, two weeks ago. Two Vector weeks ago. meets yep. three-pack. Yeah, me- <laughs> Vector meets the pride, I think yep. is what it was. Yep. <laughs> Melkor in the, vo- in the Void says Slytherin Solidarity. Yeah, <laughs> correct. At least two of us are Slytherin. <laughs> yeah, so definitely go check out Vector. Yeah, Attack, attack of the, the Meta Pirates. Because it's, from what I heard, because I didn't participate. Yeah, we had a good time. But you guys yeah. thought, seemed yep. like you had a good time yep. with it. We did indeed. Now, as far as familiars. Yes. So I did some research, because I don't really work with familiars mm-hmm. a lot. But there's a lot But of, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. I said a lot. <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay, in European folklore really seems to be where the concept of familiars really kind of took shape with between the medieval and early modern periods. Mm-hmm. Basically, a familiar was a familiar spirit or also could be considered an animal guide for a I know, or an animal spirit that worked with either witches or with conjure folk. So, and with witches, I thought it was unfair. It was always malevolent. And with conjure folk or cunning folk, it was benevolent with a question mark. Right. <laughs> and usually they thought that um, familiar spirits with witches was were demons mm-hmm. because witchcraft was demonic in, in the olden days. Mm-hmm. But cunning folk worked with nature and with natural magic. And so often their familiar spirits were considered to be fae. And let's be clear that that's not considered by the people themselves. That's considered by the people around them. Yes, that was the people (laughs) around them, exactly. And they could appear in different guises. They could be animal. They could be human or human-like. Sometimes they changed shape. Yep. So the essentials of a familiar spirit was that it was a witch's attending spirit. Yep. It was usually given to them Mm -hmm. or it came to them without prompting. Yep. Sometimes it was literally given to them by another witch. Yep. Sometimes it was given to them by a superior spirit. Mm-hmm. A lot of this information comes down from the witch trials mm-hmm. that they and the witches accused witches, right. I should say, yeah. accused because most of them were probably not. They, so the claims of the accused witches. The were. claims of the accused witches were like one woman said her when her mother died, mm-hmm. she passed a familiar spirit to her, yeah. or someone was churning milk and a, a familiar spirit appeared yeah. to them. So the nature of the familiar spirit is that it is a spirit. Mm-hmm. It takes the shape of an animal sometimes. Yes. Or, so it is not an animal spirit That's per true. se. That's a good it point. It is a spirit that sometimes takes the shape of an animal. And that is a, also that heard is a that good it distinction. can embody a living animal. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes, and this is because the descriptions, especially during the witch trials mm-hmm. of a witch's familiar, were very what is described as naturalistic right. instead of spiritual. So they were not described as being ghostly or as having strange features. Mm-hmm. They were described as essentially being normal animals. Right. They just mm-hmm. had strange relationships with the witches. Yeah. Or it was the form of the witch herself. Like in the Salem yes. Witch Trials, the afflicted girl. Which I think comes down from a different tradition. I Probably. think that is a misappropriation of the fetch. That, that's entirely possible. Yes. That said, in six 1611, mm-hmm. in the KJV version of the Bible, mm-hmm. <laughs> in Leviticus 20:27, 20, it says, a man or woman that hath a familiar spirit mm-hmm. or 
that is a wizard, shall surely be put to death. So at least that familiar spirit term, whether it was how we're thinking of it today... So what's it translated from is my question. Like, does it translate to that, or is that a KJV? Well, KJV was the closest they could do at the time. And I I, Uh, I, I honestly think it comes from this tradition of English and Europeans believed that these spirits, these familiars that took on animal shapes, human shapes, whatever, were either devils or, uh, you know, the good neighbors in some form. Melkor in the Void says, not the way I want to be buried in pretty rocks. (laughs) Yeah. The idea was that the familiar spirit served the witch or the cunning folk. However, there's an important quality to a familiar that we don't see in spirit guides very often. Mm -hmm. So the familiar serves the witch, Mm -hmm. but... It's through a pact or contract. That is very true. So it's not like the witch acquires the familiar and the familiar is bound to them indefinitely to serve their will until their death. Mm-hmm. That might be the quality of the contract. Right, right. But there is a contract between the familiar spirit and the witch which establishes its parameters. Mm-hmm. So contracts might be temporary mm-hmm. or indefinite or until death. They might include specific services that the familiar provides, mm-hmm. or they might provide unlimited service. In fact, it said most often people claimed that these familiars came into contract with them because they were having difficult circumstances like mm-hmm. sickness, lack of food, bereavement, job loss, and they and would the familiar, form a contract. Yeah, a contract with the familiar would be to solve a specific problem. And right. help them get out of that difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm sure that's where the British and English and the European medieval, 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 and early modern. <laughs> uh, the middle evil <laughs> period. As opposed to the low and high that's evil that's period. Right. That's right. Oh my, oh gosh. my god. We're currently in the high evil period. Right. <laughs> oh my god, yes. But anyway, I, it would make sense to me that they would, since they were Christians, that they would draw that concept from, they were drawing it from the Bible, this idea of right. a witch having a familiar spirit. Right. However, there are folkloric characters mm-hmm. that resemble the concept of the witch's familiar spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, what you were talking about earlier with the girls talking about the specter of a person, right. that resembles a fetch, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be a sort of an astral or a spiritual projection of a person. Mm-hmm. And then what about, like, I mean, different cultures, like a puka, would, what would that have been? Would that have been considered a, a familiar spirit? No, puka is one of the good neighbors. Oh, okay. I don't know. Ha- however... There is a concept in heathenry mm-hmm. that bears not a necessarily close resemblance to a familiar, but that has some relationship possibly okay. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the filia. Mm-hmm. The filia is, it's a spirit that is sort of part of and sort of separate from you. Right. So filia is born at the same time you're born. It's attached to you. Its name means follower, so it is a spirit that follows you forever. It's Honestly, it's about as close to a familiar or a spirit guide as the Norse tradition gets, because everyone is born with a philia, mm-hmm. but most people don't see or experience their philia. Mm-hmm. Um, a philia takes the form of an animal, but unlike a familiar spirit, which is a spirit that takes the form of an animal, mm-hmm. the philia is an animal that is you. Mm-hmm. So in folklore especially, we see the philia taking forms that represent the character of the individual. Mm. So evil witches in Norse folklore often have vixens mm. for philia. Okay. Enemies often have wolves for philia. Okay. I do want to go back to, you mentioned, Carr, that there was a belief that a familiar spirit could possess an animal. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, during the English Civil War from 1642 to 1651, Royalist General Prince Rupert took his large poodle... Yeah, he had a hunting poodle. Yep, into battle with him. And the dog was so feared by the parliamentarians that they thought he was a familiar spirit and was said to have massive uh, supernatural power. And he was allegedly mm-hmm. shot with a silver at bullet the the at the end of the war. After Prince Rupert died. Yeah. yeah, after he died, they shot him allegedly with a silver bullet. Yeah. Let me just say, the whole thing of, like, attack poodle makes me happy. 
larger poodles are quite I, large. I know they're quite large, but <laughs> yeah. it just, it just, they are big and they just can makes be pretty me, fierce. Just makes me happy. Just makes but happy. there's that belief again that there was a, that he had some kind of witchcraft going yeah, on. That there was a supernatural quality to And that, so that this dog was his familiar. Can a familiar also be a human? Yes. So some familiars, so because a familiar spirit is just a spirit that takes on the appearance of something, mm-hmm. they can take on the appearance of humans or of human-like beings. Yes. So sometimes they resemble humans, but not very closely. Okay. And sometimes so, they do just look like a man or a woman. Right. Okay, so we've talked about the fact that a familiar can possess like a normal house cat mm-hmm. or an attack poodle. Hypothetically, yeah. Hypothetically. <laughs> so could then a familiar possess a human? A human. A human. A human. Hypothetically, I don't see why not. Okay. If they maybe entered into a contract with the person, but then would they switch over to being a spirit guide? <laughs> so I think that the difference, as far as I can tell, between a familiar spirit and a spirit guide mm-hmm. is that familiar spirits have contracts and spirit guides don't. Generally, yeah. And I also want to point out that modern paganism has really changed the definition of familiar spirits yes. from what it was, mm-hmm. as we were just discussing, into what you were talking about, I think, when we first started, that it could be a pet or it could be an animal as, as well as see, an invisible. a lot invisible. of people now but, are but, claiming but, that their but, pet he, is a familiar. Yeah, right. that's but very is popular. their cat truly a familiar if it's a possessing spirit that makes it familiar or is it just something that's comforting and helps you? It's just something that comforts yeah, comforting. Yeah. Okay. I think most people's pets are not familiar. Yeah, and, and but there is definitely a strong belief in modern paganism not that their that their pet has been possessed by a familiar yeah. spirit, but that the pet itself is a it's familiar a spirit. Which I, well, that the pet is a familiar. They yeah, leave a out familiar, the yeah, that's a good point. They leave out the spirit. And I think spirit. that's, I think that's largely, I think that's largely a misunderstanding of the familiars that were described in witch trials. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, because they are often described as animals that the witch had. They could have been a cat, a dog, a, a rat. A rat. Right, a, yeah. Rabbits were very common. Rabbits. So I think a, a lot bird. of people read about those and think, oh, well, a witch's pet is a familiar. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. I think it's just, I think that's And Harry exactly Potter has kind of perpetuated that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think, mo- and so has Charmed mm-hmm. and, you know, modern literature that right. has all just kind of enforced that idea that a physical animal pet yeah, is, a familiar. is a familiar. When even in the time that it was used in the witch trials, they called it a familiar spirit mm-hmm. because it was a, not a real animal. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, Roshala makes a good point. The use of the word familiar rather than familiar spirit may also be influenced by D&D. Also possible. Right. Yep. So my question is, I'm going to go all Harry Potter on you. Oh, okay. boy. <laughs> so what's the difference between, say, Harry's owl. Mm-hmm. Hedwig. Right. And yeah. Harry's Patronus. Ooh. Ooh! So there you go. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so Hedwig was just a pet. Yes. Hedwig was an owl that had some like magical ability to find people because magic is rampant in that world, and presumably they breed their owls that way. And Finn Odinson says, "Mic, Mic drop. drop." Yeah. So, so the pet Hedwig is not mm-hmm. a familiar. No, the Patronus. The Patronus is an interesting question. Because that that does bear some resemblance to a not a familiar spirit necessarily, which is a spirit that comes to you and you make a contract with, mm-hmm. but to a spirit guide or to a filia, because especially a filia, because that's an animal that has a natural animal shape related to you and your character. Okay. And uh, let's see, Rashala's husband. <laughs> Dasvid says Patronus was a manifestation of the inner self. Yes, and that's as close as approximately close to what a philia is. A philia is it's a part of you and mm-hmm. a part from you. Well, and right. we know that J.K. Rowling, when she was writing Harry Potter, philia, she borrowed very heavily from actual witchcraft and other traditions. Yes, someone's asking how to spell philia. It is F Y L G J A. Yeah. A lot of Norse words are like that. Yeah. <laughs> Mackenzie says, hopefully my familiar is not any of the goldfish I've killed. Seems, that seems <laughs> unlikely. Yeah. That seems unlikely. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I would say I have not had any familiars that I would... Yeah. If I were to claim any, it would have been my oldest cat that I had, Blanche, when I was had growing up, mm-hmm. or Shadow, right. who is the, the, the symbol of three pagans yes. that a cat. Right. Yes. 
The progenitor of the cat in Three Pagans and a Cat. Um, yeah, he's, um, our, he's our logo. He's our logo. So my question is, and this is going to be crazy, could Shadow come back as a familiar? I think potentially. I because he's say. dead. I will right, say. he's dead and knows us. Us, yeah. The three of us, probably better than any other animal would. Mm-hmm. May I say yes. that years ago, I did see his spirit walking in the in the grass across the driveway from me. In his usual In his usual patrol route. (laughs) You know, he would walk me up and down the driveway anytime I went to check the mail. Mm -hmm. And after he had died for several years, while we still lived on that property, I would see him in his spirit form. Okay, so that said, Mm -hmm. could we we then call Shadow to this property? Hmm. And try to establish a contract. And try to establish a contract. I don't see why not. Sure. I think that would be a... I mean, it's Beltane, right? Well, it was. Well, (laughs) it was around about that time. Yeah, yeah. But the full moon is coming up, so maybe I'll make that a a thing. So, anyway, I just... Yeah, I don't see... Why not? The the cat had a spirit. Right. We love and honor that spirit. Yep. Mm -hmm. A lot. I think we should... (laughs) By the fact that it's Uh in the title of our (laughs) podcast. I think we should make sure that Balthazar is okay with that. (laughs) I don't think Balthazar cares. No, right, because I don't see Balthazar in that. He's more like yeah, a pet. He is yeah, definitely. Where I see Shadow in a different... And, and my relationship with Shadow is... So Shadow used to escort me from the bottom of the yeah. driveway up to the house when I came home from school. And right. honestly, I think if I was to contract Shadow and ask him mm-hmm. if he would be a familiar to me, I would ask him to patrol outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Patrol the outside yeah. of the house. So, Keep so our then, rabbit population down. <laughs> so then my squirrel question things, is... Squirrels. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a familiar, mm-hmm. which is a passed on, in this case, animal, right. and an ancestor? Ancestors are a progenitor of our bloodline? Not necessarily. The thing is, oh, I'm not point. sure I would call, I'm not sure I would call Shadow a familiar if we, if we established a contract with him. Mm-hmm. Right. At this house, because he is an animal spirit, as opposed right. to a spirit that's taking the form of an animal. Yeah. Right. But if we did for the sake of ease of communication, right? Right. I think what would distinguish him... You know what? I'm not sure there is anything, because people do put their pets on their ancestor yeah. altars. We've got pets right. on, yep. got pets on our ancestor altar. I think Shadow's on there. Probably. Or has been. Yeah, an ancestor is just any spirit that's passed on from life. Mm-hmm. Right. And to whom you have a connection. Right. Yeah. So... Anyway. So, yeah, he's an ancestor and a familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just a completely... And a, and, a, and a guardian cat. Yeah. Right. He's a guardian spirit. <laughs> uh, they're talking right now in... The Discord. Uh, the Discord. Discord about church grims. So, Black Cat says, My family has an old tradition that the animals buried on the home property are set as protectors for it. I don't think we called them familiars, though. Melkor in the Void says, like the dogs in cemeteries. And Tio adds church grim. Yep. So, yes, there was a tradition... I think I talked about when we talked about ancestors. We, either then or during the, possibly during the uh, Samhain episode. Yeah, I'm not sure. Point. But I know I've talked about them before. That there was a tradition that because the first person buried in a new cemetery was supposed to be bound to guard it forever. And the idea was that no human would want that job. But right. a loyal dog would have no objection because that was... The relationship dogs had to humans, right? So guardians and guardians. protectors of the household and of the, of the territory mm-hmm. and of right. the people. Ghostly good boys, yes. Yep. The idea was the first thing that should be buried in a new churchyard should be a dog, mm-hmm. because then it would be the one bound as the churchyard's protector, mm-hmm. and mm. it would guard the ghosts. It would guard the the spirits there from malevolent influence, right? Um, before they passed on. Because and, witches, you know. Uh-huh. And it would, <laughs> and it would guard anyone coming to mourn. Me and our friend at the Artful Egg, our Tiger Michelle invites you to her shop where she showcases her painted and carved sugar skull eggshells for the world to enjoy. Each piece is handcrafted and unique with a name and a style all its own and a desire to find a home with you. Every egg comes in a special box adorned with a note about the creation. Michelle has been sculpting her design since 2015 and knows that you and your family and friends will love it. She also makes natural eggs, beautifully painted rockery, and jewelry to share. As well as sugar skulls, Michelle has designed an acorn egg, which just happens to be the most popular egg she makes. Adorned with lentils and wood beads and hemp or other hangings, visit The Artful Egg at theartfulegg.net. And let me just say, you may be able to convince her to make you a three-pack egg. If because you want one, because she's already made one. She made one for us. And yep. it's delightful. We Very love good. it. And we've talked about it before. We love it yep. so much. Mm-hmm. She sent yep. it as a gift. 
And it's displayed in yes. our living room. Yep. Yes. I do want to go back to Amara's question. Mm-hmm. Could you call a lost pet when everyone else is calling humans in, say, a Samhain circle? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No reason why not. And yeah. you could do it for uh, for Beltane as well because the Beltane also has a, a liminal time when you can if call you had, ancestors to you. If you had a relationship with... Like an important tree on your property yep. that was cut down and died, you could call the that spirit, spirit of that tree. Sure, absolutely. You know? As We're part animus. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I believe all these spirits are equal, just different. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's an excellent question, and yes, absolutely, you could. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything mm-hmm. else? Um, I don't think. Are you all talked out? So, yeah. The 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 big thing for me was just sort of trying to differentiate between familiars and spirit guides. And I mm-hmm. think the big thing I came down to was the contract versus no contract. Yeah. And I think also there's so many different types of spirit guides. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, there's basically all, the, the, the problem is there's no consensus right. on what either of these things are. And right. I, and I, so if you want to work with a spirit guide, if you have like a, a feeling like you're being called to work with mm-hmm. a spirit guide, then do some research there are ways that you can connect with spirit guides, including meditation and things like that. We talked about this during our working with spirits episode. Yep. So that I would suggest going back to that. Um, because can you do one of your morning meditations based on? Like, uh, sure. I can do that. How to spirit guides reach out to yeah. spirits. How to reach out to spirits. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. So any more questions from the pride before we, uh, before we wrap up, wrap up and then, I think and then talk to you the all for a half The thing for me is just like, I don't know that differentiating between spirit guides and spirits you have a relationship with and familiar spirits. Yeah, I don't know that it's that important or even that useful. Because, like, I have, like I said, I, I have spirit acquaintances. I work with all kinds of spirits now, more so than I used to. Yeah, and, and I've never... Now that you're a hard animist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and like I've never felt a need or you know what that's not true. When I first started, I felt a real compulsion to like define my relationship with the spirits I worked mm-hmm. with and met. Mm-hmm. And that like like I so I had a real hard time with Ked the the first couple of times we met because I was like I was looking for something specific. I was mm-hmm. trying to find a humming jaw. Right. See if if our family had a humming jaw. And I kept trying to ask him, like, okay, but why are you here? Why are you talking to me? Yeah. Why are you communicating with, with me at all if there's not, like, if there's not a reason for it? And the answer was just that he was passing through, essentially. Right. He had other jobs. We were in the same place. And he was being polite. Yeah. And, and, and personable in a Kedtha way. Like, it, our relationship doesn't need a specific term to describe it because... We're acquaintances. Right. We see each other sometimes because we travel the same roads. And I, right. I think that's why, because, you know, my relationship with my spirit guides mm-hmm. is different than what it was three or four years ago. And I think part of that is because I'm now in devotion to certain deities and growing in that. Plus, I work with plant spirits. I'm starting to work more with stone. And, you know, I work with the land spirit, mm-hmm. you know, the land spirits and water spirits. So I think I'm... I'm working with more spirits, and right. why bother to define that, like yeah. you said? Uh, Melkor in the Void says, like the relationship between phone, electricity, and plasma, all of them are important, but you don't need to break it up into individual relationships. Yeah. Yep, yep. I, I think that's true. And again, I would just definitely say, if, if you're looking for a spirit guide, if that's something that's important to you, then definitely research how to do that. If you're, if it's something that you are thinking, well, maybe I should do because everybody else is, mm-hmm. then don't. Right. <laughs> don't do it just because everybody else is working with a spirit guide or everybody you know has one because it's a thing to do. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so you my- will work with all kinds of spirits. All spirits, you know, they have their own autonomy. You don't own them. Yeah. You want right. to ask to work with them. Honor. Honor. Yeah. Or contract. Yeah. Respect. 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 That, always. You know, create that relationship with them. Because, as you mentioned earlier, not all spirits, unlike some things that you read in a little mm-hmm. bit more New Agey material, mm-hmm. not every spirit out there is on your side or wants your best. Or or is just interested in you. Like, like yeah. I said, like, Kessa exactly. has no interest in hurting me. Right. But he's also not interested in, like, 
helping me along my path. Right. We've had friendly, we've exchanged gifts with each other, we've had friendly conversations, but that's not his job and he's right. not interested in that. Exactly. But Have I'm you just ever saying, walked along with him just to see where he's going? Yes, but so where we meet is a liminal space essentially, so yeah. basically one of us walks behind a tree and then we're gone. Yeah. Gotcha. So and, we, we meet in this like in-between zone. Yeah. Gotcha. And the reason I say that though is because I, you know, there are some people who might go out there and attempt to contact spirits in the good neighbors without doing a proper research because they read something online Mm -hmm. that said all the good neighbors are friendly and will help you. And that's just not true. Right. You can, you can get yourself into trouble. Exactly. So get Devin Hunter's, which is Book of Spirits. Yeah. Do some do some research. Don't And you take... don't have to go as hard on contracts as he does. No, no, he goes very hard. He goes very but hard we're... on contracts, but it's a good resource. It is yeah. for it's establishing good that for for figuring out how to establish boundaries with spirits. And I would also say when you That's you're... it for review. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And I would also say when you're Googling, don't accept the first thing that no. you read. Read and compare to what other people are saying because you're gonna get different opinions. And notice... we say that, but listen to Devin Hunter. You'll also notice that a lot of these pages that talk about spirit guides are essentially all the same. Yeah. And it's because they're all just stealing from each other. Borrowing from each other. So bear that in mind as well. Yep. And a lot, again, a lot of this stuff, especially about spirit guides I've noticed in my research, comes from a more new agey perspective. So Mm -hmm. you're going to get... You're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see a lot of that. So just be discerning. Yep. All right. So that's it. Yep. That's it. All right. We're done with this episode. You can find us on Google. Mm Mm-hmm. At the yep. number three, Pagans and a Cat. That's it. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> no. You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com.